0: We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host Simon Fink and welcome to episode 236. We've got a brilliant episode for you today with rising R&B superstar, Lara Andello. She's one of the frontrunners in bringing old school R&B back to 2023. And yesterday, she released her debut EP, Diamonds and Deja Vu. Before we go any further, we'll remind you that you can find all of our guests' details down in the show notes. And it's also where you'll find all of our details as well. If you're not already, go give us a follow on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, whatever your preferred platform is, uh, and subscribe wherever you get your good pods from. Let's get back to Lara. Lara is a singer, dancer and songwriter and definitely a name to watch in Australian music in 2023. The Filipino-Australian musician released her EP Diamonds and Deja Vu yesterday, which also coincided with the opening of Sydney World Pride. Now, this EP is sonically gorgeous and it sees Lara tackling issues that are clearly close to her heart. The lead single Year 3000 is discussing living in a time where equality is no longer politicised and not really a talking point and it is an incredible addition to the LGBTQI Australian musical canon in 2023. Um, In today's conversation we're talking with Lara about the sonics of this EP and how they kind of range from jazz to 2000s pop to 90s R&B. We're talking about how A dance injury brought her focus back to songwriting and music. Lara talks to us about some of the best feedback she ever received from one Mr. Ed Sheeran. And we also talk about her kind of hidden dorky side, which we'll let her (laughs) explain. Uh, We do also want to announce last night, Lara announced her brand new tour in support of this EP. So those dates and tickets can be found within the show notes of this episode We want to give a massive shout out to Thomas from Warner Music Australia for his help with today's episode. Here is our episode with Lara Andello. Uh, Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Lara Andello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank
1: you. How are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you. Uh, where are you joining us from today?
1: I am here in Sydney.
0: Oh, beautiful. What is it? What is it like today?
1: It's actually a good day. It's meant to be raining, but the sun is out. Good buzz for a Friday, right? <laughs>
0: Well let's hope that that stays fingers crossed that it does uh does continue the good vibes um Lara it's a very exciting day because the brand new ep from yourself diamonds and deja vu is out right now congratulations
1: thank you so much yeah, it's so great to have it out
0: of course this is the the second ep from yourself i believe the first one for her came out in 2020 First off, are you someone who gets nervous around the the release time of of new music?
1: I mean, For Her was actually a mixtape, so this one's my debut EP. So it's uh, it feels a bit more surreal this time (laughs) around. Yeah, sure. I'm more excited than anything. You know.
0: Of course. Well, I can imagine, and I apologize. I I I didn't realize it was a mixtape. So I imagine that there are a bit, uh, a few more emotions and kind of thoughts going into this release.
1: Definitely. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> was the, I guess, the working out, the difference between a, a mixtape and an EP, working out what songs you wanted to include and and how you kind of built the collection of songs, did that change from that, that first time around?
1: For me, the first time around, the reason it was a mixtape was also because I, I made that as a teenager. I don't think I was really in the headspace to like make a body of work intentionally. It was more like, I was just creating i was writing these songs and i wanted to like make them into like this package collection you know what i mean whereas i think for this ep as it evolved there was a lot more um it was a lot more conceptualized and there were things that um intertwined you know what i mean as a body of work does so you know that evolved as i also grew as a person 100%
0: I I feel that um well firstly this is this EP having uh had the pleasure of listening to it a few times before it has come out thank you for that um it is a beautiful collection of I want to say like classic R&B songs I feel like there's a lot of influences from like the maybe mid to late 90s early 2000s on on these tracks um for you what was the, actually, what was the kind of music you were listening to when you were growing up and, and I guess built your love of music?
1: Yeah. I mean, at home, I mean, from the womb, my mom was playing me like jazz music. So I already loved like R&B chords from the moment I was, <laughs> I was born. Uh, I grew up, you know, playing instruments as well and was in like jazz band playing saxophone. So there was, I always loved those jazz R&B chords and as I started dancing, I was dancing to a lot of hip hop and RB, early 2000s music as well. So I was so influenced by Janet Jackson, Sierra, um, in the pop realm, Brittany, Christina Aguilera, you know, all those like pop RB queens. <laughs>
0: yeah. They are, even just then, some of the artists that you've listed, I feel like you can sonically hear on this record. Um, there was a touch of Janet Jackson in a few of those songs. I feel that you can kind of, kind kind of feel like a vibe, a similar yeah. vibe too. Um, you mentioned before uh, you were dancing as well. I know that maybe, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but that singing and songwriting wasn't the the first choice in cor- in your career that you were kind of doing 40 to 50 hours of dancing a week, if I'm correct.
1: Yeah. So I was doing full-time dance from 14 years old and i was homeschooled up until the time that i graduated so i was doing mainly dancing and then school on the weekends that's how it all started but i was writing music since i was 11 and i was playing instruments since i was three so music was always there i just found my confidence as you know a creative and as a performer through dancing and that's when it funneled into um songwriting and me as an artist and performer
0: Right, Uh, that's very very cool. You just mentioned um, you were songwriting from 11. Do you remember what first drew you to to songwriting at that age? Because that can be quite young.
1: (laughs) Yeah, honestly, for me at the time, I was writing, like I can still remember the first song that I wrote. But for me, writing was definitely just like an outlet of expression and at the time, like there was a bit of bullying and things that I was going through and that was what I was initially writing about. So rather than like writing in a diary, like a lot of girls my age at that time were doing, I was doing it on the guitar and singing, you know. So that's what it was for me, yeah.
0: I can imagine that it is very and and I feel like that you might not be alone in that sense and that there are a, quite a few young people around that age who do look at songwriting or music as an outlet of sorts at that time. Was there any point where after writing and after kind of playing music to it, that you realized that you you had talent in like in the, yeah. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I get you. I was writing like, so I started at 11, but I didn't do anything with it until probably 17 when what, what my singing teacher at the time I had just gone through like two surgeries on my ankles from dancing and I had like obviously spare time cause I was a full-time dancer at that point. <laughs> and my singing teacher was like, you should really use this time. And you know, she, I would show her my songs and I would come into my lessons and play it on the piano. And she'd be like, why don't you actually go to the studio and record these songs? And in my head, I guess, you know, at that age, and just growing up, you see in movies, like people recording music and going to the studio, but you don't think it's something that you can actually do or that you can afford to do whatever, had the opportunity to do. So my singing teacher at the time um, got me in with one of her producer friends, and that's how it all kind of snowballed for me and how I got into, into it. I guess my singing teacher was really the one who pushed me into, into actually doing something with it. Because up until that point, I was just writing because I liked writing. And because I was training as a full-time dancer and I had confidence in myself as a dancer, I just worked towards being a dancer. But I always knew that I, I had wanted to be an artist or a singer. I just didn't have that belief or confidence in myself yet. So I think my vocal coach at the time was, you know, a big driving force in that. Of course. I,
0: I feel like that there's um, a number of stories of- Across Australia, where are singing teachers, almost the unsung hero of our music yeah. industry because they're pushing. Whoa, so
1: true, so true, <laughs> seriously.
0: Um, another early believer in your music, I believe, was um, one Mr. Ed Sheeran who kind of heard some of your earlier tracks that yeah. you recorded in your bedroom and, and gave you a yeah. bit of confidence.
1: Yeah, that was back in, when was that? 2018, I think. I had just graduated high school, just had my surgeries and all of that and I spent some time with him on when he was on tour here in Australia and he listened to some of my SoundCloud tracks You mm-hmm. know? Like, <laughs> I was in the room with him um, backstage at his show in what arena was that um, not kudos but the bigger one what's what is that called in in Sydney in Olympic Park would you know?
0: Oh, we're we're based in Adelaide, so I'm going to be taking a shot in the dark.
1: I think it was ANZ Stadium, so, you know, Mm -hmm. massive stadium. Um, And I was backstage and he was so attentive even listening to my records, you know, like he would go to the corner of the room and hold my phone up to his ear so he could hear it properly because he didn't have his headphones. Um, And he gave me good, like solid advice at the time and what I needed and gave me a bit of direction. And after he heard the records, he was just like, "Whatever you choose to do right now, I know you'll be you'll be fine and you're gonna you're gonna do good things." So that was obviously so reassuring and lovely to hear as a teenager going into this industry as well.
0: Of course, I can only imagine the kind of uh, buzz or high you must get from feedback like that.
1: Oh my God, and I, I guess at the time that was the first artist that I had met being an artist you know mm-hmm. I had artists before as you know a fan of their music but this was the first time that I was meeting an artist on that level as artist to artist which was really cool obviously
0: that is awesome I love yeah. that yeah <laughs> um one of the singles from the EP year 3000 is this beautiful track that I feel um it it, it does come across oh it is a love song but kind of one that is referring or or looking forward to a time where um, loving whoever you choose to love is somewhat depoliticized, and I believe that this is, uh, I I think it's going to be a very important track for the the LGBTQI community um, and I imagine that it will resonate with with people from that community quite well. How was the songwriting process for this song? Because I imagine that you obviously want to approach it with um, a level of, respect and yeah. understanding and not wanting to be not preachy, but you know, you want yeah. want to hit the right notes.
1: <laughs> 100%. I wrote this record smack bang right in the middle of lockdown in Sydney. Um, I had been doing a lot of journaling and self-reflection up until that point. That's when I really got into journaling. Now I swear by journaling. I do it all the <laughs> time before I, I was kind of iffy around it. I was like, Oh, is it a waste of time? But when I got into that habit, I realized in the first month or two of lockdown that there were so many things that I had to unpack and things that I didn't realize I was still carrying the weight of. And I think all that self-work led to me being able to be in a place where I was open enough and gentle enough with myself to be able to write this record. I had the concept of Year 3000 and that song title in my notes for a while, Um, but I just wanted it to come when it felt natural. And when I wrote the record, I was in this room, because this is is my little home studio where I've done everything, really. (laughs) Um, I, the hook kind of came straight away to me and it just came out and I was like, oh, wait, I know exactly what I want to say on this record. When I finished the song, it felt like a song that I had been waiting to write for five years. It felt like that is what I, that is exactly how I was feeling and I needed to get that out. And as you said about, like, the importance of this record, I guess, it felt like to me, like, whoa, this is it, this feels like the most important record that I've written personally and, like, even for myself as a part of that community from listening to it, trying to listen to it from an external point of view. I, yeah, it just hit for me and I, it, that record just came out, honestly. Like, there wasn't too much thought or changing or anything like that so and that's obviously the best when it happens that way so it just kind of came out you know I I think I was just at a place where I was gentle enough with myself and open enough with myself to be able to give myself that space
0: mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's awesome. I I feel that a number of the songwriters we've spoken to have shared a similar sentiment where some of these best songs kind of almost, I don't want to say write themselves, but it's almost that they just kind of fall out because it is something that has been building internal yeah. internalizing whatever it may be for a period of time is that a um i guess is that a normal songwriting practice for yourself what is your usual process like do you usually kind of write lyrics first are you a melody or music person first what yeah. is that For me,
1: Uh, I am very based on freestyle. So I usually like to let them, like I would usually freestyle on a microphone and see where those melodies lead me, what lyrics just naturally come out, and then, you know, see what melodies I like. And from there, let that dictate what emotion I'm actually feeling towards the record. Sometimes I'll come into a session or come in intentionally knowing what I want to write about but usually you know if a producer is starting from scratch and just vibing out on the keys whatever it is I kind of like to let whatever naturally comes out when I freestyle dictate the emotion or the the feeling that I actually start writing about.
0: Um, I'm curious if there is a a song that you're most proud of on this EP? If there's a a song that either you're most proud of or that sticks out to you that you want to resonate with people the most.
1: Honestly, definitely year 3000. Mm -hmm. I think myself, even as a person, being able to write that record, even for 15 year old me, like if 15 year old me heard that song like it, it would have been a massive help, I know. And even last night I was at, I was just at an event and this girl came up to me and she'd only seen the the teaser that I posted on Instagram, you know, it's like 10 seconds. Mm. And I just um had the caption, that wish we fell in love in the year 3000. So she doesn't even really know the concept of the song yet. Like <laughs> I haven't done that much. Um, But she came up to me and she was like, I'm so excited for year 3000 to come out. Like I'm in a situation just like this right now. And I'm like, wow, like it's already, you know, <laughs> people are already resonating with it without the record even being out. Just the concept or the video itself is already, you know, um, touching people. So I actually cannot wait for that record to be out, especially, you know, for this EP. And I guess, yeah, this, this new batch of music, it's my first time also being like, a queer artist and if you want to put it that way you know I don't like I don't want my sexuality to be like the thing that leads me in this in in, as an artist but it's Mm -hmm. really cool to actually be you know vocal about it and to represent that because that's such a big part of who I am and this is the first time I'm really getting to show it in my music and talk about it.
0: That is awesome I do feel that there is yeah quite a few Artists who don't necessarily want to have their artist name or their career be known as one thing or one label, which is very um, <laughs> normal. I feel that, that that's quite yeah. a, a standard yeah. thing, but that they still want to be able to use what whichever platform they have to be able to speak out about what is important exactly. to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, one thing I found very, maybe this might be the thing that you are labelled with, is that some of the visuals for this EP are incredibly striking.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> are you in? Uh, I guess how much say do you have in in terms of the the image, some of the visuals? Because it is very, I want to say, uh, high fashion. I'm not sure if that's the right term, as you can tell, I am not someone of high fashion. <laughs> but um, yeah, what kind of say do you have in in yeah. the the imagery of the EP and your, your artistry?
1: A whole lot. Honestly, (laughs) I work super closely with my creative director. Um, My relationship with my creative director has become like friendship and we, I am at her house almost like, especially during the process of a music video. I am there every day. Like we are there. I am there till 4am. Like it, it it has been such a, um, how do you even say that? Um, (laughs) <laughs> such a dedicated process we've just worked so closely together on this project and it's, it's really cool to have someone that I work with so closely who gets me and can really execute what I'm seeing I feel like this project visually especially is the first time I'm really executing what I'm seeing in my head and having a team to facilitate that which is really cool obviously but all the ideas that definitely stem from somewhere in here for sure like <laughs> I I have those ideas and it's really Yeah, it it's it would be me doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I love that. I know well, I think even in doing research today that you are quite yeah, quite creative minded, quite forward thinking, but I also know that there is a quite a um I guess an, an academic side to you as well. I know that um what was it, top chess team.
1: Oh my Robotics. God, stop. <laughs> yeah, he knows. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How do you, does, does that side ever come out? Do you ever kind of use the two sides of the brain together or is it just creative <laughs> side and analytical That's side? so
1: funny. I, I feel like I'm such a nerd. Like if you actually know me, I'm so dorky and I love it. Like I love it. I love my dorky side. I mean, I, I don't feel like I use it as much anymore. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, when it comes to how I move in this business as well, like I'm very business-minded, There's, but then again, that's there's the creative side and the business side. There's two separate sides to it. Um, but I'm definitely still a dork. <laughs> for sure.
0: I love that. I, well, I look forward to seeing some form of maybe chess or robotics reference in the next music video and bringing those two maybe worlds together. Maybe
1: I'll make together. a robot for the next one. <laughs> yes,
0: perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lara, in support of this EP, uh, are we going to be able to see you playing some shows around Australia or a touring in support of the, the EP?
1: There will definitely be an upcoming like EP tour for sure in the works, and I'm just excited to bring this EP to life and be able to do that. Since the last project I released was going into COVID, so I actually didn't get to you know bring that sh- that tour that project to life as much as I would have wanted to. So I'm really keen to do that this time properly.
0: Of course, do you, do you, I know some people struggle with not touring, but like there's an element of the live show that they're not crazy But I think you have, from what I've seen, quite an interactive live show that there's a DJ, there's one or two dancers. Yeah. Is there something that you particularly love about performing live compared to being in the studio? Oh,
1: my God, yeah. Performing is, per, for me personally, my favourite part of of the process. You know, as you said, some people love being in the studio and getting the song out. I obviously still love that. But for me, it's so fulfilling to have the song translate live and to have that energy exchange with the audience and with people directly. My favourite part is, you know, when you make eye contact with those people in the audience and they're singing your lyrics right back to you and you just know that you're having a moment there. Like, that is such a, um intimate thing. Like, that is such an intimate exchange, an unspoken exchange that like, you just... Nothing can beat that and replace that feeling for me personally. Yeah,
0: one hundred percent. I yes, there is nothing like being able to see artists live, and I think we're very lucky um at the moment because Australia is kind of opening opening back up. We're able to see bands Definitely. again and, yeah. and everything else. So yeah. um, I will make sure that we have all those details when it is announced uh, on the podcast show notes and then available for people to check out. Um, lastly, we would usually ask our guests what they're currently listening to. Is there anything at the moment that's um, on high rotation for yourself?
1: Oh, I have got Destin Conrad's EP. He's an R&B artist from America. Um, he just came to Australia on tour with Kalani and was on support for Kalani. But I've had his EP or album. I'm not sure what it is actually, but I've had him on rotation for sure. Nice.
0: How do you um? How do you usually find? Your new music or whatever you're listening to, you're yeah. someone who gives into the algorithm recommendations <laughs> from friends.
1: I love my favorite way to find new music is through friends because I trust that. Mm. There's <laughs> like certain friends like they just text me songs and I just know it's gonna be good and I'm gonna love it. You know what I mean? That's those are my favorite. Those are my favorite songs and my favorite way to like find new music for sure.
0: I can I respect that choice because yeah. I think I'm very much the same. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Lara, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and congratulations on the EP. I uh, will make sure we have uh, links in the show notes for people to be able to buy it, stream it, see you on tour. But uh, yes, thank you once again for coming on.
1: No, thank you for having me for real. Thanks a lot.